Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Sessions with Sid. Today I'm excited to bring you one of my really good friends, Katie McKnight, who is an energy healer and brain rewiring coach and who I call the Miss Frizzle of educating on spirituality because she does it in a way that is so tangible for people and I'm excited to bring you this conversation. We talk about a lot of really juicy topics including the energetics of food and using intention when we eat, non-toxic living, spirituality and connecting with spirit guides, crystals which is one of my favorite topics and how to use crystals for your own healing and some different properties of them, brain rewiring, inner child work, shadow work, and much more. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. I know that you're going to learn a lot and I encourage you to pursue learning more about the things that really resonate with you and resonate with your soul. Before we dive into the episode, I want to give a shout out to one of my show supporters, and that is Organifi. Organifi is a line of superfood powders, and they make delicious, nutrition-packed powders that take 30 seconds to make, and probably my favorite product not probably, it is, is the green juice. So the green juice has 11 superfoods in it, including chlorella, spirulina, ashwagandha, things that are difficult to get in our everyday diet. And so I really love using this because I feel good about getting my greens in through the green juice if I'm not able to have a lot of greens in a day. I think it's just hard to. So this is my favorite product. It's delicious in cold water. I like to add a little oat milk, shake it up, and you have this delicious juice that is only $1.68 per serving when you use my code SID, S-Y-D. That'll get you 15% off at Organifi. And if you try it out, let me know. It's seriously my favorite. All right, without further ado, let's get into the episode with Katie. Hello, Katie. I'm so excited to have you on my podcast. You are such a light in my life and such a dear friend and soul fam. And it's an honor and I'm so grateful that you're on the show. How are you doing? Hi, I'm so excited to be on and just, I love you so much. Those words just fill my cup up. Um, I'm doing really, really great. Just feeling all the energy shifts that are happening. They're wild. Yeah, lots going on collectively and individually for sure. Yes, definitely. Yes. Well, we are here and I'm so excited can you please introduce yourself to my listeners? Um, you know, tell them who you are. I like to ask what my guests are passionate about. 
and what you love doing in this life. Man, where to start? Well, I am, my name is Katie McKnight. I am a functional nutritional therapy practitioner, energy healer, and brain rewiring coach. And man, what do I love? What am I passionate about? I mean, there's so much to list. I have a love for all things food. You can find me in the kitchen all the time. I'm recreating something, just you name it. I, I've tried it. Um, energetics of food. I like diving into all things, energy healing, all things, woo woo crystals, pendulum, tarot, Oracle cards. Um, yeah. And the other thing that I'm really embodying now is coming into this sense of just pure love. And that's what I teach. And that's what I try to radiate off and just embody is pure love. And you do this pure love. (laughs) Thank you. I'm sure everyone can feel it through their ear pods, (laughs) um, whatever they're listening from. Um, And you're a powerful energy healer. Mm, Thank you. And it's really exciting to see like your journey and your different shifts. Um, And I know that you have a lot of really awesome stuff going on right now mm-hmm. with your offerings. Um, so I thought maybe we could start off with like your pillars of how you work with people. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so it's been a bit of a journey of where I've come from. Um, I started off with just solely nutrition and then I found energy healing and fell in love and it's so powerful. Like once you have it once, it's like you're hooked, right? You've experienced this too. It's unreal. It truly is unreal and it's a gift. Um, And then, yeah, now I do brain wiring also. So all of those combined really brings a sense back to yourself and who you are. And that's really what my mission is, is to help people bring themselves back home, right? back to themselves. Cause I think now a lot of us are disconnected too many things going on. So my pillars. So there's five things that I really, really focus on. Um, and we'll, we'll dive into it more, but so the main five is, so first is restore two is connect three is rewire four is release. And then five is surrender. Yeah. And you were talking to me about some of the things that fall under each one. And I think it's so powerful Mm -hmm. that you have these different areas um, that you approach. So I would love to ask you about, you know, each of these pillars and like some things that fall underneath those. Um, So one of the things I love like following you for, which is a lot of things, but I love that you talk about, you know, the energetics of food, which fall under that uh, restore category, Mm -hmm. right? So can you tell us a bit about like the energetics of food and like why it's important? Um, Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, So I'll backtrack. So restore is 
based on your physical body. So relating back to nutrition, non-toxic products, lifestyle, detox, if you need it, all the physical things. And so another thing that goes into that is the energetics of foods. Um, and we were talking about this before. I always find it so interesting how everything comes full circle, right? So I graduated, um, college with a chemistry degree. So I really understand the sciencey side. And when I found the energetics of foods or the pr principle of it, everything clicked. My whole body was like, this is what we've been waiting for this whole time. So it's, it's the concept of each food has a different energy frequency, right? So it, food is living things as are we, we all have different frequencies and it's each food gives different frequencies to your body. And the thing that I love about it the most, and the thing that I found so fascinating was going back and really thinking how something is made. So if you made something with pure love, if you pour your heart into something, that's already going to have a higher frequency, right? You always hear about, oh, grandma's pie is the best. Grandma's cooking is the best. Well, that's because they put so much love into it, right? Mm -hmm. And when I found that, it just made so much sense. So it's going back to, okay, if we don't have access to the highest quality, highest non-GMO, non whatever, it's going back to the intention. You can actually like pour a higher frequency and pour more energy into the food you're eating. And that's where the whole principle of prayer and gratitude for your food came from, which I find so fascinating. It really is. Like, I love that we can change the energy of our food, even if it's like a low energy food, right? Like we can change it by like infusing love or some positive vibration or emotion into it. Um, the way that like we can do that with like water, mm -hmm. which, yeah, that's so fascinating. So what are some, I mean, probably obvious, but what are some low vibration, like examples of low vibration food? Yeah. So, I mean, it's the classic processed foods that we hear about. Um, canned food is also very low vibrational. Um, some say meat. I believe that you, you can eat high quality meat and that's going to have a higher vibration. Again, it's how the animal was raised, etc. cetera. Um, so I do believe that some meat can be considered low frequency, but definitely the processed foods that have 5,000 ingredients, you know, the classic. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then what are maybe some like middle of the road mm -hmm. frequency foods for lack of a better <laughs> term? Yeah. So there you have just like, you know, your fruits and your vegetables. Those are pretty those are like middle, middle high, right? And those can be tiered differently how they're, again, processed or intentionality behind it. And then the big guys and then the high frequency foods yeah, is all the magic, all the superfoods, all the rocket cow, the dates. It's 
it's honestly a lot of the things that'll help open you up intuitively, right? So the spirulina, the chlorella, all the algaes, all the dark chocolate, right? Those are the really high frequency foods. Yeah, it's so interesting because I don't feel like I would have thought like those foods would be necessarily above like mm-hmm. other fruits and veggies. But ever since like you talked about dates and like Christina talked about dates, I've been eating so many dates because um, like it helps with intuition and replenishment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I've just been like obsessed with dates. Um, but yeah. Um, so with these foods, like, can you kind of give us an idea of like how they help open us up intuitively? Yeah. So with these, so it all goes back to cleansing your body, right? So that's why people talk about detoxing a lot in this space is to get your body the quote, the cleanest channel you can have. Right. Um, and that's what a lot of these foods do is they they have such strong micronutrients that your body will literally absorb them up and, and then do what it needs to do. So it might be anti-inflammatory or give you more energy or things like dates and cacao that open up certain parts in your third eye. So each of them does a different thing, but it all comes back to creating this sense of restoration or pureness in your body, which is really powerful that food can do it right. We've heard food is medicine and it is, it's just the intentionality behind it too is really powerful. Yeah, totally. Um, and I know we've talked about this, but I'm bringing up also like, how does fasting play a role in, Mm. you know, intuition, detox, whatever you're, you know, you want to say about that. (laughs) I, you know how I feel about fasting. I love it. Um, I, it does get a bad rep for a few reasons, but all in all, I've, I like to experiment. That's probably not the best word to use with in this sense, but I just find that, so I've done it both ways. I've done it with intention, with a pure intention and without an intention, without an intention was horrible. It was so bad. Right. But with an intention, I went in, like, I'm going to cleanse my body. I'm going to gain the most energy that I've ever had. I'm going to release a lot of stuff. That intention has brought, brings so much to it. And I'll even tell you, I had the virus right right before Christmas. And it just brought me back to this place of animals and humans. When they're sick, they fast. They're supposed to fast because their body's trying to get rid of stuff. And we have been told for a long time now that we need to eat certain foods when we're sick. We need to do X, Y, Z when we know that we're not hungry and that we shouldn't eat. Right. And so that's just an example of like, that's what your body needs right now. That's okay. It's not bad. It's not good. It's just what it needs. And I think that that's the message behind it. If you feel intuitively led to fast, do some research, 
you can DM me. I'll give you all the info. And then if you're guided to do that, do it. I love fasting. I'm guided to it all the time. And so that's what I practice. I do it with intention and with purpose behind it. Sometimes it's water fasting. Sometimes it's juice. Sometimes it's fruit, like just whatever I feel. Yeah. And I think it's like so important that you brought up intention, um, which I know that we've talked about before. Um, because when you have that why behind what you're doing, it doesn't feel as like hard to get through because you have this like really deep why intention behind it. Right. And I appreciate like you helped me. I did a 48 hour fast, although I only made it 45, (laughs) but you know, I could have probably pushed through it, but the reason it didn't actually feel as hard as the first time I did it, because I talked to you and you said, like, you, you really need to have intentions behind it. And so I like wrote out all my intentions and that's what helped me because if you have the intention of like, well, I'm doing this because to lose weight, that's what a lot of people do. Sorry, but you're not going to lose weight in two days. Like, right. Because you didn't eat. And like, that's not a very good reason, I think to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I love that you, like you talk about that and, and thank you for supporting me through, of course, (laughs) through that. Um, I love fasting as well. I think it, it feels like I'm like that clean vessel. It's like a restart. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, anything else about the energetics of food that you want to talk about before I ask you some other juicy things. Oh man. I mean, I could talk a lot about it, but I think even like we just talked about intention, right? That just goes back to food. It's like, why are you eating what you're eating? Um, that can be triggering. Right. But it's also, it's like a self-reflection. And I think that the other part of energetics of food is in ties with emotions. So the things that we reach for. If we're like angry, we reach for the crunchy foods, right? The things that we can get our anger out in a safe way per se. Um, so it's also looking at that there's an emotional component that goes into energetics of foods too, which is really cool. I mean, we could talk about this for hours, right? I know. I know. I totally forgot about the emotional component, but that is so interesting. And I know you have, um, like a guide, like that shows Mm -hmm. like, yeah. On my website, you know, this could mean this emotion and like, maybe you could try this instead. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really awesome. Um, yeah, I know. I love talking about the energetics of food. I think (laughs) it's fascinating. Um, but we will move on. So another thing I wanted to talk to you about in the like restore slash physical body category is like this idea of non-toxic living. Cause I know that's something that you're really passionate about. Um, and that's so, so important, but I don't think is talked about enough and people aren't as educated in. So can you like talk about what it means to non-toxically live? <laughs> yeah. 
And I'll just give a little bit of a backstory of how I got there really fast. Um, yeah. So about six years ago, I was struggling with chronic illness and had pretty much no adrenals. They were next to nothing. And so I went to practitioner after practitioner, and then I found um, this one that I found out I have I had heavy metals and I had high mercury, high aluminum. I had like five different really high um, toxic metals. And so that was where the start of my journey was with transitioning and like doing research of all the things. Um, so what non-toxic living is, is it's this sense of we're surrounded by a lot of toxins, right? Physical, but also like physically things that we put on our body in our environment, but people around us too. Um, but in sense of products, we could get into water. You could get into skincare, makeup, cleaning products, um, laundry detergent, candles. I mean, there's so much, but the ones that I'm most passionate about is water and skincare and makeup. And the reason is, is because your skin is the largest organ in your body and it is like a sponge. It literally soaks everything up. If you're putting $5 foundation on from the drugstore, you're probably going to have like skin issues, right? And the same thing with um, like cleansers. And then when people start to transition to non-toxic products, like say we're talking about cleansers and stuff, they might have a reaction. Like they might have breakouts because there's so much buildup that it's trying to get out and it has to, it's like a detox reaction. It has to get out. So it's in the skin and that's the last layer has to get out before it's gone. Um, and that's what I see a lot of people when they transition, they're like, it's not working. You haven't tried long enough, you know? Yeah. And as you're talking, I was just thinking like, and then people are trying to find like creams and blah, blah, blah mm -hmm. for like the, to cover it up, toxic reactions they're having mm -hmm. to the toxic products. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. 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 I mean, it's, so, it's, it blows my mind. Right. I mean, I was there. I, I know how it is, but it takes me back to my detox days when I was doing full detox. It was like, it has to get way worse before it gets better. That's with every, everything. It has to get worse before it gets better. And then you're like, oh, that's why I was there. And now I can be here. Yeah, totally. Um, and I would love to talk about water because I also think that's like something that mm -hmm. people aren't maybe as aware of. Um, why is like tap water not good for us? Well, I know in Atlanta, we have like the highest aluminum content ever. And that's why my aluminum was so high because I was drinking tap water. But again, like whatever we put in our body is getting absorbed. So if we're not using properly filtered water, then it's going to get absorbed. Because what happened, I mean, you like excrete it out too. But if you have a compromised immune system and a compromised system, which majority of people do very backed up, it's going to sit in your body and then it's going to just distribute out. Yeah. 
And that's where you see a lot of like thyroid issues come in, autoimmune, um, heavy metal, copper overload, all of that. Yeah, um, I definitely am with you on having heavy metals toxicity. I think a lot of people do and they don't realize it. Mm -hmm. Um, So what do you, what do you personally use slash recommend to clean your water? Mm -hmm. So I have a Berkey right now, um, but I heard the best is like a a reverse osmosis system. Um, But I'm not going to invest in one of those until I'm in a location longer than a year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely um, understand that, but yeah. So people can easily start to change their water by getting filter. Yeah. And I mean, the thing that I tell people with transitioning to non-toxic lifestyle, it's, it's not going to be like a one and done thing. It's going to be, okay, I'm out of mascara. Let me get a non-toxic mascara. Oh, I'm out of my dish detergent. Let me go get it. I mean, it's like a slow process. It's not, you have to do overnight. Um, and definitely do what you feel called to first. So for me, it was water. I did water before I did anything else. Whereas like some people, they do makeup first. I don't wear a lot of makeup. So that didn't really make sense to me. Um, so yeah, whatever you're intuitively led to do is definitely the way to go. Yeah. Um, I think that's awesome that you provide a lot of education around that and are really Mm -hmm. passionate about it. Um, what are some other, like, so, you know, you're saying like, you can start with kind of one thing at a time. So we talked about water, we talked about makeup. What are some other products that people have around their houses that are kind of high toxicity that they can start to kind of like transition into using other non-toxic products. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you first sunscreen that goes, that goes in with like the skincare. Um, that's a huge one. And I mean, anything that you keep under your sink in the kitchen, let's be honest, you could make it for way cheaper. Also like, um, Windex you can make, dish soap you can make, dish detergent, the spray cleaner for your counters. I mean, you can make half of it. You're saving money. You're helping the environment and you're helping you. Mm-hmm. That's that's another thing I'm really passionate about is making what I can. Not saying I'm like frugal, but I just would rather make it if I can because I know truly what everything, like what is going into everything. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it changed my my whole perspective when I learned about the toxins that are in like everything. Everything. Yeah. It's crazy. Like I was listening to a podcast a few weeks ago. It's like our receipts have a bunch of toxins on it. Our mattresses, carpet, um, clothes. I mean, there's so much. Like you can't get away with it. You can't get away from toxins, but it's minimizing them as best as you can. Yeah, totally. Um, speaking of carpet, uh, my cat was getting really sick, like, and throwing up. Uh, I moved to a new place and I had this like 
intuitive feeling like maybe like maybe it's the carpet and so had it taken care of like asked for it to be like steamed or whatever and like I swear to god he has not thrown up since he was throwing up every day see you think about what it does to a cat though like that can happen to you too. It that blows my mind. He's okay though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I okay. forgot to tell you that, but it just like <laughs> really opened my eyes to like, yeah. holy shit. It's real. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it, it's so eye-opening. Um, so, um, okay. So I'm going to move now into the connect Mm-hmm. portion of the episode. Um, so I know you talked about connect, connect. Um, so do you want to say a little bit about like what that yeah, means? Yeah, what it is. Yeah. So connect is, it's a few things. I think first, most importantly, it's connecting to yourself. Um, we talked about this a bit before, but many people are disconnected from themselves and that's where the intuition comes to. A lot of people are like, I'm not intuitive. Everybody's intuitive. You just don't connect with yourself like you should, you know? Um, so that's the first thing. And then the second thing is connecting with your spirit guides, your angels. All of us have them. All of us have them. And then either source or God, whatever you believe in, that's the other. Because we get all of our energy from source. Our guides and angels help us along the way. They're here to help us. And so it's really important that we connect to ourselves, but also something bigger. And then also in connect is all the healing, all the fun healing modalities, right? So the crystals, the tarot, oracle, pendulum, getting into masculine, feminine energy, all the fun stuff. Yes, I love it. Um, Okay, so I feel called to out of all of that goodness talk about crystals (laughs) because how'd I know (laughs) (laughs) because you know because you are when I think of you I think of crystals because you provide in a very tangible way education about crystals and like how you can use them and affirmations that go along with them and anyone who's listening I recommend getting on Katie's email list because every week she sends out this beautiful email list with a crystal that's featured and like properties of it. And it's just amazing. And I love it. And one of the only email lists I subscribe (laughs) to, I digress, but let's talk about crystals. So for people who are like, I've heard of them but I don't really know how to use them or get into them. How can they start? Well, first get on my email list, right? Um, No, I think it's just really important to educate on this, right? Because there's so many. And then it's like, what do I do? Um, So where to start? Again, it goes back to intention. All crystals hold intention. So if you, you know, if you're on like energy muse, I like to go on there and like browse around, or if there's a crystal shop or a crystal show near you and you just go, you're just interested, you're intrigued. And then you walk in and you see this gorgeous 
amethyst. You're just called to be like, I have to get it. You have to get it. Like there, you have to, right. That's where it starts. Mm -hmm. And then you just kind of go from there. But crystals, like everything, crystals hold energy. Crystals have memories. Crystals are just pure magic. So that's, that's where you start. Crystals have energy. And from there, again, go to which ones you're called to, and then you can cleanse them, clear them, whether that's with sage, whether that's in the moonlight. I tend to recommend the moonlight more just because with the sun, some can get um, the color distorted from them. Like amethyst in particular should not be in the sun. So the moonlight's the best. So that's, you can cleanse and clear them like that. And then once they're, that's done, you put an intention with it. So you can look up intentions if you don't have one on the top of your head. What's a good intention for amethyst? Go with there. And then this is the fun part. You can pretty much do whatever. You can meditate with it. You can put it on your desk to look at. You can put it in your water, do intentional water. And then when you're ready to drink, like keep it in there for an hour and then take it out and then you can drink the water. Um, you can put a, some like, um, what's, oh, I cannot think of one. There's blue, it's not blue lace Adkit. There's another blue one that's really good for sleep. Like you can put it like in your pillowcase. Um, Is it Celeste? Yes, 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 yes. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I know it's just the same color. Um, yeah, you can put it in under your pillow when you sleep, you can keep it in your car, you can put it in your purse. I mean, it's literally anything. And then when you get really into crystals, you can make crystal grids. You can put a few crystals together, put some essential oils with it. You can do them for abundance, for money, bring in money, bring in love. I mean, it's endless. I love crystals so much. Like, <laughs> what's do you have a favorite? Oh, it's so hard to pick just one. I have so many. Um, I would say, okay, so like one I'm working with in particular a lot lately is clear quartz. Um, I love clear quartz. I do too. Um, so I was guided to meditate with it um to connect to my higher self so I've like Mm. been working with clear quartz a lot lately um I love labradorite I sleep with under my pillow and I have found that I get a lot of messages in my dreams it's a very that one's a very vivid like you vivid dreams and it opens you up a lot I've definitely experienced that since starting to sleep with it this was I started sleeping like months ago and I've just been getting like Mm -hmm. so many powerful messages in my dreams like I love sleeping because I'm like ooh, what am I gonna get tonight (laughs) you know (laughs) um gosh it's so hard to choose I'm like there's a lot yeah I mean my pendulum is organite which is mm. really good for EMF protection, right? Yeah. Um, so I love that one. I just, I love them all. It's too hard to choose. Do you have a favorite or favorites? Oh, amethyst is my favorite. Yeah. I have, I think I have about 
10 amethyst. I mean, that's one I'm always like drawn to. Um, I've really been into moonstone and malachite recently. Ooh, mm-hmm. isn't malachite like the green swirly one, like a very powerful manifestation one. Um, it's, it really helps open your heart up and bring, yeah, to money stone too. Mm. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. Love it. I have, a little, just have, I have like, a little frog. Yeah. Frog is yeah. one of my spirit guides. I love it. <laughs> I could just talk about crystals all day long. Um, but I love like what you're saying about, you know, how to use them in different ways. Um, and then something in particular, like, so if, if someone is wanting to have a crystal for a specific purpose, mm-hmm. you can like talk to it. Right. And be like, yeah. I want you to help me with whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So the other, the other thing that just came up for me too, is the reason that cleansing and clearing them is really, really important is because it holds on, it has memories. So if it had a previous owner and maybe it wasn't the best energy, you're not trying to bring that into your house, right? The purpose of crystals is to amplify your energy, amplify your life. So we want to clear that, especially if it's a crystal that's known to help release negativity, release negative energies that those are really important. Um, but yes, you can talk to crystals because they have energy, they are alive and they hold memories. I love it. Um, and then, so actually I'm gonna ask you a fun question. Hope it's not too on the spot, (laughs) but, um, so, you know, I know different crystals can correlate with different chakras. So I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you what your favorite crystals are, like one crystal you love for each chakra. Okay. And you can see. take your time because I put you <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> so maybe to start with crown. Yeah. So clear quartz and selenite, really, really great. Um, selenite's probably one of my favorites. Um, third eye. I mean, amethyst has multi it's multi-purpose like uh, a selenite is. Amethyst really helps open your third eye. Um, throat, what do we have? Um, I just did blue lace agate, agate today on my newsletter. That one is good. And the thing about, I'll briefly say for crystals for chakras, it usually matches the color of the chakra. Not all the time, but most of the time. Um, so that's just something fun to throw in. Yeah. Um, the heart amethyst is really great. And so is uh, malachite for sake or solar plexus. Mm. I'm going to say tiger's eye tiger's eye is really good for the bottom three chakras um like together you know Mm -hmm. those are really good together um for sacral I'm gonna say I mean citrine just because it's orange and that goes with that but again citrine is one that goes with every single chakra. 
I mean, that one's so powerful. Yeah. But that will open that area. And then the root, um, tiger's eyes are really good one. So what I tended, I like to get crystals that are multi-purpose that I can use like mm-hmm. for different really chakras. Yeah. So if you're new to starting, look up ones that have multi-purpose. Like I think my favorites, my favorites are clear quartz, selenite, amethyst, black tourmaline, um, citrine, and tiger's eye probably. I love those. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry for putting you on the spot, but that was great. I think that was a cool like visual and like place for people to like start if they, you know. Yeah. And I think the other thing to remember is there's no wrong way to do crystals, right? If, okay. If you look in a book, maybe every single thing I said wasn't in the book, right? But it's, where do you feel like you should put it today? Like I, I'd give a session to somebody today and pyrite was one that I was really called to, Mm. to put on her heart. That's not a normal place you put it, but it was the sense of like, pyrite's a money, money crystal. And for her, I'm very similar into this too, that money is linked to my heart. So that was the place to put it. Mm. Would you normally put it there? Probably not. Is it wrong if you put it there? No, absolutely not. So I think that's the other thing to remember. That's the thing about spirituality. There's like really not a wrong way to do it Mm -hmm. besides like protection, discernment, all of that, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, I love that. And I totally agree. And I love like, you know, you really do use your intuition. Like if, like you said, if you walk into a crystal shop and you're drawn to certain ones, like that's indicative of like a place you might need healing or, you know, something you need in your life for some reason that you don't yet know. And, um, I love that that's like an external representation of kind of our like unconscious. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. So Yay. true. Love crystals. Um, Ooh. Okay. I'm feeling called to ask you, I'm putting on the spot a lot. Can we do a card pull for whoever's listening from your crystal deck? Oh yeah. For my crystal deck. That just sounds like a fun idea. So for anyone who's listening at any time, Katie's drawing a card from her. What is, what is the deck called again? It's daily crystals inspiration from energy news. Yes. Yeah. So how I do card pulls, I clear the deck and then I shuffle three times. So I'm shuffling right now. I also shuffled three times. <laughs> three is the magic number. Yes. That was like in, an, in another session the other day, I had a lot of um, triangle symbolism come up for a client. Mm-hmm. And afterward, I was just curious. I'm like, symbolism of a triangle. There is so much symbolism for a triangle. The number three, all the sides. I mean, crazy. I think of yeah. like pyramids in Egypt. Yes. Like, for some reason. I love them. Okay, here we go. I just, I always wait till they fly out of the deck. I like set your money mindset or shift it, not set, shift. What is it? What's the stone? 
Iolite. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. So we all need to shift our money mindset. It's funny because I was just talking about money like five you were. seconds ago. Thank you guys. Not a coincidence. <laughs> Thank you for pulling for us. Always. All right. So I could talk to you about so many different things, but I would like to shift into rewire. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about what that means to you? Yeah. So rewire is essentially brain rewiring. So it's taking, I mean, there's a bunch of different aspects for brain rewiring, but the concept of it is, is going into your subconscious and rewiring the beliefs, the conditioned beliefs that we have, right? So all of us have limiting beliefs somehow. Mine tends to be, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. Um, that's the, I'm not good enough is very prevalent usually. So it's going back in there and kind of digging in. Where does that stem from? How old were you? And then going in and doing the actual brain rewiring with that limiting belief. So using a meditation and nine step process, visualizations, all of that, and really digging into that. It's really powerful. It's one of the most powerful things I think I've done um, in my healing, in my transformation. But other than brain rewiring, what we dive into is trauma healing, inner child healing, and then shadow work as well. Oh, such powerful topics. Mm-hmm. Um, so inner child work is something I want to talk to you about. Um, as I told you, it's been coming up a lot with, you know, my clients, myself. For people who don't really know what inner child work is, can you give us a little picture of yeah. what that means? Yeah. So inner child healing. So all of us have our inner child in us, right? It's a part of us. It always will be. Um, What tends to happen is the parts that act, we act out. Like if we're triggered by something that we act out, we have that reaction. That's usually a response from an inner child. So what that is, is it's a part of when you were little that was neglected it could have been a parent. It could have been a teacher. It could have been a coach. could have been family members, friends. I mean, it could have been anybody, right? But it's that part that felt neglected and that it wasn't enough. And so from that moment, so say, let's see, um, if you were outside and it was July, right? And you said, I'm really, really hot to your mom and dad. And they said, no, you're not, it's not hot. Well, you're conditioned to not believe yourself, to not believe how you're feeling. And so how that plays out is when you get into adult life, you don't believe anything you think. You second guess everything. And that's what inner child healing is. That's what your inner child is. And then so inner child healing is going back to those moments and really working through those. It's really, really powerful. And it's coming up a lot right now. People are being forced into working through that. 
Um, it doesn't feel great in the moment, but after it's, it's so expansive. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, yeah, I, I also see how powerful it is for people, how, how it's impacted me and like, we're never really done with that inner child work. Never. <laughs> like, it never. just comes up and we're like, ooh, that was my little self that really needed to speak there. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's coming up a lot for people. I mean, right now for me, it's like, I was telling my boyfriend the other day, I'm like, sometimes if I'm acting like I want attention, that's my inner child coming out. Like it's, it, it can be childish. It comes off childish, but I'm very aware of it. And so I'm like very proactive. I'm like, okay, if that starts coming, that's, that's something I'm working through right now. Um, so it's really interesting to see once you really, truly understand inner child healing and you can see how it plays out and it's still, it's like, it's uncontrollable. Like you can't really, you can't suppress it. You have to let it come out and then work through it after. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, what are some, I mean, we've kind of talked about this, but what are some signs that like someone might need to specifically work on inner child work at any given moment? Like we all need it, but. Mm -hmm. Mm, Well, I think, well, what I just was saying, right. Yeah. Um, but also, I mean, there's so many, there's so many different things. Um, I, I think a big one for people is the example I gave of not trusting yourself. Um, but the limiting beliefs tie into it too. So that I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not skinny enough. I'm not fit enough. I'm not healthy. I mean, there's so much it's usually the I'm not statements. If you're saying I'm not, or I can't, Mm -hmm. that's probably, yeah, probably time to dive a little bit deeper into it. Yeah. As you were speaking, I was also thinking like, just thinking of like different clients I've worked with, like to, to answer my own question. Um, If you've had like childhood trauma, like, especially like sexual trauma, um, Mm -hmm that's come up for people and then like how would someone go about doing inner child work or like how do you work with inner child work with people Mm -hmm. so in my energy healing sessions if inner child healing is um needs to be worked through i'll the their guides will usually present to me an age or an age range Um, I know for me, I don't remember a lot of my childhood. So an age range is usually really helpful for me. Um, So that, and then from there, you can do inner child healing meditations or just checking in with yourself, checking in with your inner child. So I would, I personally get a little frustrated with inner child meditations because I feel like it's very forced and I'm trying to pinpoint one area. Um, so I personally was turned off by those. So how those work really great for, for people though. 
I just personally don't do that. I work a lot with like just tapping into my heart, all of my energy stored in my heart. That's where I can feel it. And so I'll just put my hands over my heart and just check in with my inner child. Like I'm here, I'm here for you. What, what do you want to tell me today? Mm. And you can even talking out loud helps, but talking like you were to a child, right? Cause that's who you're talking to is your inner child. And so sometimes it might be like a back and forth dialogue. Sometimes you might not hear anything. It's this constant effort of showing up, right? Cause children, they need the constant attention. They need the constant effort. And if you're not showing up for your inner child, then she, he probably won't reveal, but you need to know. Yeah. I love that practice. You just mentioned about like putting your hands over your heart and just like asking, mm-hmm. you know, what, what they need. Um, such a powerful, but like very simple. Very simple. Practice. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. I'm try that. It's like, I never think of the most simple things. Yeah. And that's what, I mean, that's why a lot of people get turned off by meditation or just the spirituality space in general, because it, it can come off very intimidating, but it's not, you can really simplify it. Like some days I'll meditate for 20, some days, five, some days, 45. I mean, it's different every day. I don't do the same thing every day. You know, it's very like, very feminine energy, you know, very flowy. Yeah, I'm laughing because like this uh, just came to me as you're talking um, because I was thinking how you make spirituality so tangible for mm-hmm. people who like are kind of like, I don't know. Like on the fence, yeah. Like, we're both like rocking our heads, like, <laughs> but like I got this like image of you like you're like the Miss Frizzle of like, <laughs> of like spiritual teaching, <laughs> like the magic school bus that just like came in and I was like, oh, I got to tell her that. Yeah. And now I, mean, I like want to yeah, watch that yeah. show. <laughs> Maybe that's a sign for me to watch magic school bus. I mean, but that's what my guides have been telling me too. Another thing I'm, I'm supposed to do here is bring people into the spirituality space, right? It's not scary. It's not intimidating. Mm -mm. It might seem like it. It's one of the most expansive, empowering things you can get into, quite honestly. Really is. And like, Katie is one of (laughs) the best people to to follow Mm -hmm. and connect with for that. Um, But I I just love that, like, that came in and I was like, I, I love that. It. I'm going to have to watch it. I think it's on, they had it on Netflix for a bit, but maybe they took it off. I know. I like want to watch it too. It's probably on YouTube. <laughs> probably. Um, and then maybe just, I'm like, let's just touch on shadow work. Like, but <laughs> we can just touch on it. But I mean, maybe just like what, you know, for people who are like, I don't know what shadow work is how would you describe it in like Miss Frizzle words? <laughs> Miss Frizzle. I know I'm trying to think of Miss Frizzle words for it. Um, let's see. I think that, I think in the simplest way to describe it, I mean, it's, it's very similar to inner child healing, but it's more from ourselves. It's more based on ourselves. So it's the parts that like 
we neglected. We didn't let show the emotions that it needed to. We didn't allow what needed to release. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a really good way of putting it. I mean, so think it like think about shadow. You don't want to think about shadow as we don't like bad or good, but think about um, you know, cartoons as kids <clears throat> where you saw the shadow as like the scary monster, right? Um, and that's the things that need to be worked through. And that's okay, that's good. That's what needs to happen. Um, but it's definitely the things that we've neglected in ourselves. That's that's kind of like putting up a wall that won't allow us to move forward. That's the really big pieces I see is people that want to move forward or to call in stuff or manifest. It's like, have you done shadow work? Have you done trauma healing? Have you done inner child work? That's probably your first place to look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I kind of see shadow work as like the like icky parts that we don't want to like look at of ourselves. Um, And for some reason, I think of like Brene Brown and like she talks about shame and it's like the parts of us that bring up like shame that kind of feels icky. Yeah, it's like, yeah no one says like, Ooh, I'm going to do shadow work today. Like, no, it's very much like, I don't want to do the shadow work, but I know I like need to. Yeah. It's a, they, I was getting in my head a lot of guilt and shame around it. Yeah. It's very emotional, but it's not to scare people away. It's very powerful. Yeah. It like can open you up everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm going to be mindful of your time, but there are a few other things I want to touch on. So now we're moving to release. So what does release mean to you? Yeah. Yeah. So this is a pretty short one. This is a, this is the least of the, um, so release is exactly what it means. So releasing emotions is a very big one releasing um, things from your environment that are no longer serving you, releasing maybe people that you're not aligned with anymore. And all of that's okay. It's all okay. But the big one's emotions. Yeah. And we all have stuck things. Oh man, so much. (laughs) So many stuck things. So something that you and I have talked about um, is this idea of emotional projection. Mm -hmm. I'm laughing because (laughs) I'm like something we've talked about before, like AKA right before (laughs) we started recording. Um, But can you talk about, you know, what emotional projection is and like how it plays out? Yeah. So it's so like my guides just popped this word in my head. I was like, this is the perfect way to describe something in this sense. So a lot of people that are empaths, so empaths um, take everybody else's energy pretty much. 
But emotional projection and empaths I see it a lot with is this sense of emotions that are put on you that aren't yours. And I see it a lot with certain things like anxiety is a really big one. Um, and, and fear is another really big one. Those are the two that I see the most common. People are like, I don't know why I feel it this way. And then I'll, and then I'll do energy healing and tap into their energy body. And I'm like, this is not yours. This is not what you were meant to feel like. Right. And so that's another reason. I mean, we could have a whole other two hour conversation about protection, um, making sure that doesn't happen or lessening that, but that's a really big one for people. I mean, especially now when there's chaos and all this stuff going around. So. Yeah. People just like projectile vomit their energy and emotions onto people and like it's so important to have those boundaries. Um, I know it's like a big topic, but could you maybe give like a couple ways that people can, you know, protect themselves from, you know, being projectile vomited on? (laughs) Yeah. I think my favorite is, um, the good old energy bubble. So before you leave your house, before you go out of your room, if you live with somebody, sit there and ask for a big energy bubble. You can pick whatever color you want if you want to. This big energy bubble that's protecting you, that is only allowing in the highest light and love to come through. Um, Anything that's not of the highest light and love that cannot come in your space. Um, I think that's the really big one. You can sage yourself. Um, that's more like a very tangible thing that you can like see it happening. So if you're very visual, that might be helpful. Um, yeah. And then the other one is good old Archangel Michael. You can ask him to come in during the day and help cut cords, cleanse yourself, protection, all of that. But I think for most people, the energy bubble is the most effective. Yeah. And Michael, Michael's good old Michael. Yeah. (laughs) Love him. Um, awesome. And then our last area is surrender, Mm -hmm. which I mean, self-explanatory, but I like hearing your personal like Mm -hmm. perspective on that. Yeah, this one's, it's very powerful and it just ties everything together. Um, So surrendering is learning the true act of surrender, but also trust. It is realizing that everything is happening for you and not to you. I know that can be a triggering thing for people, but it truly is. I mean, I had a pretty traumatic childhood and it all happened for me. Like I wouldn't be who I am if I didn't have that. And so I think that alone is really powerful. That thought shift is really powerful. Um, And then of course, going back to connecting with guides, connecting with source, connecting with higher powers, because in order for you to fully connect with them and fully feel confident to take 
the directions they're giving you, the messages that they're giving you, you have to surrender. They're going to give you stuff that you don't want to do, but it's for your highest and best. And I think that, I mean, last year, my word was surrender. And are we kidding? 2020 that I, I did not pick that, you know? And it just like takes me back to, you don't know what's going to happen. They're always there for you. And you know, intuitively what you should do, whether you want to or not. So that wraps it all up. Yeah. And the universe is going to give us those breadcrumbs. And if we aren't following them, they're going to give us like bigger breadcrumbs and be like, are you kidding? (laughs) Yeah. Were you paying attention? (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, So this is something I talk about a little bit on my podcast, but like, I know part of surrender is like connecting with guides and some people who listen maybe don't have that connection yet or know how to start. So how do you recommend people, you know, open up that relationship? Yeah. And we've talked a lot about this before. And I actually talked to a client about this today. So you have to think about it as friendships, right? They're, I mean, they've been with you forever. And okay, so I'm, I'm about to be 26. So say they've been with me for 26 years. I haven't talked to them in 26 years. They're not going to show up the first time I sit down to meditate and call them in. Like, to be honest, you know, they won't. They're scared. They've tried to show themselves to me before, but I turned it off. I was like, I don't want you. So they're going to be scared. And the thing is, is you have to continue to show up. So if you sit down to meditate twice and you don't get any response, any feeling, any messages, that's okay. But you have to continue to show up because each time you do, it's like they put another, another inch out. They're like, okay, she's, she's for real. She's going to do it. She's really in this. She wants it. Um, I think that's the biggest thing is like just building the relationship, showing up. Cause think about, I mean, even dating, even friendships, you're not going to confess everything that first date, right? It's going to take a few for you to feel comfortable to say everything you want to say. Same thing for your guides. They're not going to confess all this stuff to you. You probably can't handle it. So it's this constant effort of showing up, showing up, showing up. And sometimes they'll be quiet and sometimes they'll be really loud. And again, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. the way that you describe that. And I think it's so helpful because, you know, I've had times when I, I'm like, I don't feel like I'm getting anything. And it's like, you know, you tell me this, <laughs> like this description of it. And it, it makes sense when you think about it in that way of like, I mean, well, you haven't talked to me. Like, I'm not just gonna Yeah. Show up, tell you all the things. Um, And that's the thing is they want to be there for us, but it's like, you're saying they want to know that we're like in it. Yeah. And I think the other, we, we talked about this before too. It's um, if you ask for something and they don't give it to you, you're probably not ready to hear it. And they'll give it to you when you need it the most. They'll give you breadcrumbs. I mean, this 
this pillars that they gave me randomly, they gave this to me such a gift, but I, it didn't make sense. It's like, what do you mean? And then about a month ago, I was like, okay, it clicked because they gave me another piece of information that went to the puzzle. And that's, that's what life is. It's a big puzzle. You're just putting pieces together. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, this conversation's been so fun. I love like how we touched on so many different aspects of like the healing and spiritual mm-hmm. journey. And like, we only scratched the surface, but yeah, I feel like it was such a powerful conversation. And uh, I know that everyone listening is going to have so much to think about and like places to go where they're called. So thank you so much for thank you for having me light with us. Um, I want to do maybe just a few quick, like fun. Love it. Love fun. That yeah. I'm going to fly by the seat of my pants. Um, but I know that you put out like your kind of favorites in your newsletter. So thinking of that, um, what is your favorite food right now? Like, what have you been into? Something I'm normally not into gluten-free toast. Okay. Like so funny and dates, of course. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Um, what is usually in your cup to drink? Water. Um, water, or I've been doing um, cacao, mm. like hot cacao, like hot chocolate, but with like a hundred percent. Yum. Yeah. Yum, yum, yum. Um, what is one must read book in your opinion? Oh, I just finished it. You can heal your life by Louise Hayes. Louise Ooh. Hay. Unreal. Yeah. She has some powerful work. I don't like reading and I read it in three days. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm like thinking of, um, what is one place that you want to travel first? Mm, Thailand. Thailand's my number one. I want to go there someday. It's just, I love, I'm going to, I'm going to be a hopper. I'm just going to hop around. I already know that. Um, But something about Thailand, their culture, the food, just the appreciation for everything is just something I'm really drawn to. Yeah, I I agree. I want to go there someday. Mm -hmm. And I love Thai food. Oh yeah. Who doesn't? (laughs) So good. Um, Okay. Well, Thank you so much. Can you please tell everyone, like, can you give us just an idea of like, what are your offerings? How can people find yeah. you? How can people connect with you? All of the good stuff. Yeah. So first I will say you can connect with me on Instagram. It's at Katie McKnight wellness, maybe changing it soon. Don't know. Um, and then my website is McKnightWellness.com and my offerings. So I have a few different ones. I have brain rewiring plus energy healing, which is a three month program one-on-one. 
And then I have energy healing services. So we have one hour energy healing, and then I'm just about to open up these two offerings, a mini session, which is 30 minutes, and then group healing, which is insanely powerful. If you've not done group healing sessions, they're unreal. That's so exciting. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Um, Surprise. Yay. Um, and I will say again, like your energy healing is so powerful. Um, and like the messages that you gave me, mm-hmm. like I revisit them. Like, so if anything, please go have an energy healing session with Katie because it's, it's going to be powerful. Um, yeah. but yeah, thank you again. So thank much you. On. this has been so wonderful and we'll have to have you come back. Oh, I'll be honored. Yay. Okay. <laughs> thank you so much. You're Love welcome. you. Love you. Go follow Katie.